and welcome to the Rituals for Liberation podcast. I'm your host, Fanny Priest. I believe that the massive changes needed to secure justice and wellness for all of the world's inhabitants are possible when our healers and changemakers are deeply resourced, fully embodied, and answering their calling from a place of self-trust. In this podcast, I'll be talking to folks about the daily rituals that allow them to do their big, world-changing work responsibly and sustainably. My hope is that these conversations will help to make sure that the revolution is resourced. And now, on to today's show. Hey, Megan, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so thrilled that you're here. Uh, So if you're willing, we're going to start with uh, a little centering just so that you and I can regulate together. And if you're listening to this, you feel free to participate. I invite you to participate to the degree that feels good for you. So wherever you are, if it feels okay, go ahead and close your eyes. And then bring your attention on the places in your body that are making contact with support. And I would encourage you, if it's possible for you to maybe bring your hands down onto your thighs, palms down is a little bit more grounding. And just take a moment to notice how the weight of your body is, is relating to the support underneath you. And then can you let your weight drop? any amount more into that support so that you feel how you're connected to the earth below. Then I invite you to open your awareness to receive the sounds that are around you. I invite you to open your awareness to receive the sensations of the air touching your skin clothing, touching your body. Just welcome any and all parts of your experience to this moment. Let things be just as they are. And we're gonna close by taking three straw breaths. So we'll take a long, smooth breath in through the nose, and then exhale through pursed lips as though you're breathing out through a straw, three times at your own pace. All right. Open your eyes when you're ready. Megan, it's such a thrill to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Would you please introduce yourself to all of the people and let us know who you are, what your pronouns are, and what what is the work that you do in the world? Yay. Well, thank you for 
having me on, Fanny. I'm so, I'm so excited, uh, especially since we've talked about this for so long. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, so hello. Hi, everyone. My name is Megan Dowd. My pronouns are she, her, uh, and <laughs> and I also can't help it. The dad joke in me wants to add, call me she, her, call me they, them. Just don't call me late for dinner. Which is <laughs> <laughs> terrible, but I... As I say to my husband Rito frequently, love me for who I am. <laughs> yes, that's what we're here to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am. So I am a, a strategist and mentor. I ca- officially call myself the compassionate hard ass, uh, <laughs> which, which I just so adore. Absolutely. I'm so glad uh, you've experienced it. I think I it's. Have- I think it's an apt descriptor. <laughs> I think it really is. And I think it's really needed. Like the combination of those two makes it just, yeah, just makes the work with you super effective. Um, I, I've had I've had the benefit and the joy to uh, be on the receiving end of some of Megan's coaching and she's just fantastic. So thank you. Uh, I, I like to think I'm pretty good at what I do. And no matter what, I, I work with, uh, the work I do in the world is with entrepreneurs and small business owners that the unofficial marketing term is feel things deeply and want to affect change in the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've the slightly better marketing term is that I work with entrepreneurs who are on a mission to do good in the world. Um, And I, and I really love the work that I do. Um, And it's really changed how I understand work in the world, how I understand my own place in the world. And it's really a joy and a privilege to be able to do that with others. So can you be a little bit more granular and like, what is the Mm -hmm. actual work that you do? Like, how do you help people? Like if I'm, if I'm working with you, what are some of the results that I might get? We work one-on-one and it's not sexy, so I don't lead with it, but ultimately we're going to talk a lot about values, mm-hmm. specifically core values and understanding them and uh, really digging into the language of those and how you understand them both intellectually and also like emotionally, physically in your body. Um, and that's kind of part one. We, we're going to get super clear on your values, whether or not you've done values work before, we're going to touch on it. Um, and certainly I'm like, I am not someone who's like, well, we have to do it my way. If you feel really great about your values, then I'm going to challenge you to talk about them, but it doesn't have to be my way. I just want to make sure that you're super clear about them. Um, part two then is we, I work with folks to help them create a business that is human first, if that makes sense. It, especially if you run your own business. It's true of any business, but especially if you run your own business, everything you need to do needs to serve you as the human. Otherwise you're spending so much energy into this thing. That's already going to take a lot out of you (laughs) because running your own business is super hard. You're wearing, you know, 37 hats all at once simultaneously, Mm -hmm. unless you have a really, really big budget and a team. And if you do, that's awesome, but you still need to have systems and structure in place so that the business is still buoying you and providing what you need from it, the lifestyle. It's not just financial means, but it is, it is the lifestyle. It is the emotional energy, the physical energy, the men, like all parts need to serve you. Um, so I really work with folks to create systems, help them find the right software to support their core values so 
so that they can live those values and feel really good about it. Um, and I also tend to work with, as I said, I work with folks that feel things deeply. I'm very, very open and loud about my own struggles with mental health. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I definitely think I attract those that struggle with mental health themselves and still want to run their own business and finding that I don't even want to say balance because it's, I mean, it's never going to be balanced, mm -hmm. but finding the ebb and flow that feels good for them. Yeah. Ebb and flow is a beautiful, a beautiful way to phrase that. So I'm going to kind of zoom out a little bit and then ask you, as you've already talked about, you know, working with change makers, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and so I want to ask you, you know, what does, what does liberation mean to you? What is your vision, right? For, for this, this change in the world? It sounds counterintuitive or paradoxical, but I think my definition of liberation has to start with connection. Yeah. I don't think that's counterintuitive at all, but continue. Well, it's so it's some, to me, it's somewhat counterintuitive because our most folks definition, or at least it's got reaction to liberation is complete freedom. And I think complete freedom and being liberated starts with deep connection. Yeah. <laughs> so there's this, it's this almost paradox of being completely free and autonomous and individual starts by having deep connections mm -hmm. and being deeply intertwined with those in our community, with those around us. Yeah. So yeah, that was my next question. So like, what are, what are we connected to and what are the qualities of that, of that connection that, mm -hmm. that, ma that make the connection sort of a um, fertile sort of environment for, for liberation? It, yeah, I, it really is. I think starting very, very small and starting with the community around you and both fostering the connection and also fostering the growth of that connection. Um, I, this might may or may not be a good example, but the parallel makes sense in my head. So I'm going to go down Let's this go. path. Let's go. Uh, after the 2016 election, so many folks were like, oh my God, how did this happen? And by that, I mean so many white folks, mm -hmm. um, myself included to a certain extent. And a huge part of the like, well, duh, was the lack of uh, interaction in our local elections. Uh-huh. And so in the same way that like grand liberation is through deep, deep connection, I think that as we make change in our political world, it starts locally. It starts really small. It's not, it's not cool. I mean, it is cool. Leslie Nope taught us it's cool, <laughs> but it never registered for most of us that like, oh, I need to vote every goddamn year and actually like read about who's running my parks department. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, thank you, thank you. Well, thank you for bringing Leslie Nope into the conversation first and foremost. It was the and greatest compliment of my life when somebody was like, "You're like my personal Leslie Nope." Oh like, my I'm god, happy! Oh my I'm god, happy! <laughs> Mic drop, Megan out. <laughs> I just like, yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I, I I think this is so key, you know, and for me, it makes deep sense because for me, like when I, when I think of liberation, really, I mean, 
what I think is each and every one of us able to live from our true nature, from Mm -hmm. a place of being connected to source, being connected Mm -hmm. to our own bodies. And that means ultimately being connected to each other. I think that when we look at you know, for me or my training with, you know, in yoga philosophy and yoga therapy and in nervous system regulation and, and attachment and attunement, you know, Mm, when, when I mm -hmm. see the pain that's in the world to me, all of it, all of it stems from lack of attachment, from lack of attunement, from from, from people from their youngest, most tender age, not having those emotional needs met, not having that connection, right? Because that connection to each other, we're wired for that attunement. We're wired for that connection. We really only know if we're okay. If like, am I okay? Are you okay? Okay, then I'm okay, right? And that, that's, that's how our little nervous systems get developed. And so mm-hmm. I think that it is, you know, the most profound statement really to say that, liberation for everybody starts with connection on those one-on-one levels because, Mm -hmm. and this is where, so I I love my, my, my teacher, you know, I think she, I think she's quoting Peter Levine here. I'm not 100% sure, but in talking about attachment, what she says is that it's not the rupture that matters. It's the repair. Mm, and and mm-hmm. I think that this is a this is a really profound sort of slogan or mantra that we can take into this um, into this age to say that okay so we're in a moment of of observing sort of profound ruptures right in our world and in our communities and and I don't want to minimize the fact that reparations do need to happen here mm-hmm. right but 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 that but that really what, what we're looking for is like, okay, we're in a place of repairing and that in relationships, any relationship, relationship with my partners, relationship with my kiddos, you know, we're going to get, you know, mad at each other. We're going to mess up, but that ultimately what matters to that trust is, is, is how do we do, how do we do the work of repairing? And I think mm-hmm. that, yeah, the work of that work of repair, we can't do individually. I can't do alone for myself. Mm-mm. You know, I have to do it in conjunction with with the people around me in my community and so forth. So, yeah, mm-hmm. super profound. So then how so what how do you see the work that you do supporting that vision of liberation? Like where does where does sort of like Megan's brick sort of fit in into this 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 building here? It, I mean, it's said a little bit tongue in cheek, but I also think it's kind of true. Uh I have, it's some website, it's an unofficial tagline. I'm not your therapist, but I just might be your brands. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of what I do is I don't want to call it therapy because it like, I'm not a trained therapist and I'm not going to be your therapist. And I have a very, very strong therapy line. You've experienced this where I will say to a client, when we're working one-on-one, Hey, this is the, like, this is therapy territory and not a business problem. So we're not going to touch on it, but you need to be aware that it exists so that you don't think it's a business problem because Mm -hmm. so often folks start to conflate the two and they're like, Oh, this is a huge business problem. It's probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Witness me being like, you know, very recently being like, Oh my God, I need a social media calendar. I need an editorial calendar. And somebody was like, no, you need to do work on your beliefs. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) right. (laughs) Cause you can have all the editorial calendars in the world. If you don't do the deep belief and values work, it's just, it's not going to lead anywhere. What do you stand for? I mean, let's quote some Hamilton. What do you stand for? 
What will you fall for? What, like, what is it that matters? So my, my brick in the cosmos of liberation is helping folks find language for what they, what they stand for. Um, because every business is different. And I tr- like, I don't care if what you do is you make uh, rubber stamps that have botanicals on them. Do you think like, why do you do that? If it's, if the reason you do it is just to make money, that's awesome. And I can still help you, but we're going to get into some really, really good, sweet space. If you're like, I think it brings daily joy to people. And I think that having that daily joy can affect their lives for the better. Great. I'm not talking like, we don't need to have you travel the world globally, bringing clean water to areas that didn't have access. Like it doesn't have to be on that grand a scale. I'd rather start super small with how are you affecting folks daily lives? How do you, and I mean, again, it comes back to the values. It comes back to stories. How are the stories that you're telling the ways that you share yourself online contribute to that? Um, so it, and, and then it just keeps on dominoing out from there because then when you've got the systems and software and support in place so that you're running your business from a place that is human first, you are consistently creating that positive change in the world, no matter how big or how small. Yeah. I think it's so key because I think it's so easy for, you know, for those of us who really feel you know, the, the pain of the world and who see the enormity of the tasks that are at hand to either feel a sense of just complete collapse and despair as in like Mm -hmm. nothing that I do matters or to feel that the only thing that matters is the delivering of the water, right. Mm -hmm. To the remote places. And this is not something I've experienced myself, but I'm going to go ahead and, and, and submit that if you're not the person who is actually called to do that work and you try to do it, you'll probably do more harm than good. Right. If that's not actually the aligned action for you. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that we have a tendency to really minimize what our contribution can be in the world. Mm -hmm. And that really, when we, you know, it's like a quilt when we weave everybody's, you know, um, contributions together is when we start to have that really strong, beautiful web of, you know, of, of the changing the world of, you know, liberation. And specifically, I think in terms of, I think that small businesses, right. Mm -hmm. Like just, that's why I love the idea when you say like brand therapist, because Mm -hmm. I think that actually, all of us small businesses, small business owners and small business runners, all of us like sort of like people who bring like beauty and comfort and joy to the world. Mm -hmm. The very fact of us stepping into that place and claiming Mm -hmm. that place and saying, no, beauty is important. Joy is important. This is actually part of my vision for liberation. And Mm -hmm. if we're at, and the actual work of being able to create a sustainable business that serves us, (gasps) Yes. I mean, that is the way, that is the way that we, that is the way that we're changing, right? That is the way that we are decentering capitalism. This is the mm-hmm. way that we're like, you know, taking back our agency, taking back our power and mm-hmm. actively making the world that we want to live in. Yeah. Yeah. If I, if I can share a quick yeah, client story, oh, yeah. I, I worked with someone recently who, when we started work together, hadn't done any core values work and was in the best way possible. Like I need, I need some time. (laughs) And so we took some time and our entire schedule got thrown off and it was just fine because she was 
completely revolutionized with what we dug up and and basically was like this is the final piece to the personal therapy I've been doing again I'm not your therapist but she was like this is this is so perfectly aligned and it gives me direction for all of the healing that I've been doing because I I've, I've known that it applies to my business I just haven't ever understood how yeah my my personal contention being a you know spiritual or you know soul based entrepreneur is that the, the things that we need to figure out, that we need to understand, integrate, and heal in order to be who we need to be in our business, in order to mm-hmm. serve at their highest capacity. And, and I want to say to you, the most sustainable capacity, yes. right? Meaning like not burning out. That The work that we need to do for that is, is the deepest healing work that we have to do as humans, right? So for me, like these, these small businesses are really the arena in which all of this shit comes up. Yes, all of this shit comes up and, and we have to work with it, but we really have to work with it with that balance that you so beautifully illustrate of, I need to be really smart about my systems and about my software and about my language and the way that I use my tools like Instagram. And also who am I as a human showing up to these tasks, right? Like we really yes. need those pieces. Yes. You, it, they have to be married. Absolutely. They have to be married. And so this client as as we were, as the dust was settling, because we kicked up a lot of dust. <laughs> oh, uh, Wait, welcome to work with Megan Down. <laughs> Wear a face mask because there's going to be a lot of dust. A little bit, a little bit. It <laughs> it is it is one of my favorite things ever. I'm into it. I'm to, into it. To challenge a client and to be like, okay, I know that you said that this was your value, but I think this might be what you mean. Mm-hmm. And generally it's because it doesn't feel like a sexy value. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't seem cool, whatever, whatever, in any case. So we, the dust is settling. And I told her, I think that, I think something that's really going to help you, we all know I love language, uh, is creating an artist manifesto. She was like, well, I'm pretty sure I know what I stand for. And I was like, yeah, me too. Also, write it down. Because mm-hmm. as soon as you tell someone to write something down, they're like, I don't know. <laughs> and I challenged her. I really would love it if you could, along with this manifesto that you're going to write down, for those that aren't linguistically inclined, I want you to create a piece that is representative of each of your values. Wow. Let me tell you. <laughs> We came back a couple of weeks later and she was like, I've never had this kind of focus and clarity. Like I, and the, where this is all going is that she has all at once changed everything and nothing about her business. Hmm. From the outside in, it looks completely the same and completely different, which is hard to make sense of. But I think that truly that's a key part of liberation and 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 my brick in liberation and how I want to affect change in the world. It looks and feels exactly the same and completely different. Well, it's because you've you've uncovered what's really true and, mm-hmm. and pruned the excess and what's not, right? And, yes. Yeah. And well, I mean, she she's just shot off like a rocket in in all the ways in that like both which is you know great return on investment we all are looking for that ROI she's mm-hmm. made her investment that was in our coaching back multiple times over which i'm super pumped for even more so no one can see me pointing my finger <laughs> i forgot that this wasn't a video <laughs> 
in any case, all of you imagine that I'm pointing my fingers and gesticulating wildly because I'm so excited. Even more so, she is not just making sure that her community knows what her art stands for and why she makes it, but she's also asking for support from her community when she needs it. She, at the very tail end of our working together, suffered a pretty uh, serious bodily injury and actually put together a GoFundMe because she's because our healthcare system is a clusterfuck yes. and can't get disability. And so was without of work without work for a few weeks. And that's a big problem. My point being that this, it was both this huge business transformation as well as this personal transformation. And it's that magic place. Yeah, that's the magic. It's hmm. So I'm curious, can you tell us a little bit more like how you came into this work with values for yourself? Like what, what did it look like before? What was the muddy middle? And, and how does that values work look for you now? The muddy middle was a shit show in Ohio. I should have asked if I could swear. I've been cussing. You can absolutely okay. swear. <laughs> we are <Great>. explicit. <laughs> We're going to get that little E. <laughs> so. The, the, the very, very abbreviated and uh, probably confusing, but you don't need all the details, origin story is that my husband got an opportunity to work at a university in Ohio, and it was really, really great. And then two weeks before we moved, it turned to shit because the university fucked up. Um, and we decided, we tried to make the best of it because it was two weeks before we moved. And we're kind of like, well, our train already left the station. <laughs> Don't know what to do. So we made the best of it. But we were in Ohio for three years. Um, and it was awful. <laughs> I am, I know that I can survive hard things. And I know that my partnership can survive hard things. And I never wish to do something like that ever again. And for those three years, we rapidly discovered that I kind of needed to just be a homemaker. And I mean, I, for, for three years, I introduced myself as my husband's manager because that's what I did. I mean, he was working the equivalent of three full-time jobs and then some. I, don't, I mean, he was you know, 14, 16 hours a day, sometimes 18, sometimes more. I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> working... I barely saw him. It was my, like, I needed to keep us alive. I had been trying to start an online Pilates business because I am a Pilates instructor by training. I am so many things by training. I counted it recently. I've had more than 30 part-time jobs in, in a decade. Wow. That's a lot. That's a whole lot. <laughs> That's a lot. In any case. So I originally started as like, I can do Pilates online from the middle of nowhere, Ohio. And I took a branding course and one, I fucking loved it. And was like, this gives voice to all of these things that I've deeply understood about marketing and branding in the world, but now I have language for them and I love language. So great. And then I never actually worked on my own business, but I helped every one of my peers in that course on their websites, <laughs> yeah. on their language, on their logos. And after almost a year of helping everyone with it, uh, my dear sweet husband Rito had to come to Jesus talk with me and was like, you know, people pay folks for this, right? Like if you want to do it for free, oh my gosh, do pursue what you want to pursue for a career, but you know that this is a job, right? And then I had a meltdown because that's not what my degree is in. Just, although that didn't matter for my 30 part-time jobs, it's different <laughs> no, when you're right. hiring yourself. Mm -hmm. 
so I started going, okay, well, I'll do branding work. I'll, I'll be a web design and copy studio and it's going to be awesome. And then not every, I shouldn't say every folk that came through my door, but most folks that came through my door didn't end up needing what they originally hired me to do (laughs) because I'd start asking them these questions about their values and why they do their work and where they fit in the world. Because I'm a very big picture in many ways. It is very, I, I split the difference between an Enneagram four and an Enneagram six. I think I'm Enneagram much more Enneagram six, but let me tell you when it comes to like the romanticization, romanticization, romanticizing, go with it great the I get very I'm I'm drinking the Kool-Aid I'm really deep in like how we fit into the world and the change the world and live our Mm -hmm. lives and and all the big things and I'd ask this of my clients and we'd get really into it and it was awesome dig really deep what is it that you want to say what is it that you want to do how do you want to affect change even just among the you know 20 followers that you have on Instagram or on Twitter It doesn't matter if you have 20,000 or 20, if one person comes back and is like, that meant a lot, or I really needed to hear that, or thank you for this point of connection or whatever, or even if they don't say anything, but it still makes a difference. So then I realized that maybe I don't need to do all the web design and the branding and the logos and the copy. Generally, if a client really wants me to be that person, I still love doing that work, but we got to start with your foundation. We got to start with the core values work. because again, when it came from that first round of branding that I first did, I was finally given language to stuff that I have so inherently understood in my body for mm-hmm. so many years. Uh, and it's and it's a joy. Again, no one can see me, all the hand waving. Uh, it's a joy to be able to do that with folks and to help them find the language that works for you. It, they're truly like, they're, I, have, I emphasize just because this is the way I understand or define a value doesn't mean the way that that's the way that's how you're going to understand and define a value. We can have the same two value words and have them mean completely different things. And that's fucking awesome because when it comes down to it, your values are for you. If you want to put them up on like have a manifesto page on your website or like put them up on Instagram and do a whole series. Great. Also, it doesn't matter as long as you understand what they mean for you. That's what matters. I love this story because I love how beautifully it illustrates the fact that, you know, for most of us, the work that the work that we're really meant to do in the world is the stuff that comes the most naturally to us, mm-hmm. which is the stuff that the least feels like work, which uh-huh. is the stuff that we are then least likely to really value ourselves for, right? Because you're like, well, I it's just fun and I just do this naturally, you know, to ask I can't be good about, at work. I know, right? Like it's hard. There's this, but there's this sense of like, well, if I'm going to do something and, you know, like charge money for it and, and really make a difference, then it's got to be hard for me, you know? And, and I know that for me, the work that I do that comes more effortlessly is the being with people, right. And talking to people and that doesn't feel like we're, I mean, everything else around it to get to that point feels like a lot of work, but, but it's, but it's hard to value sort of like these natural skills that we have in our natural natural, you know, for me, it's really our being, it's our presence, right? Like it's, it's hard to put value on that. It is. And I think you just touched on something that it, I, that I personally haven't quite found the right marketing language for. (laughs) So maybe by the time this comes out, my website will be so much better because I'll have the right marketing language for it. (laughs) 
But I think sometimes since we think work is supposed to be hard, when it comes to this whole concept of human first, biz second, and really streamlining your services and your systems, sometimes we overcomplicate it so that it feels harder, so that it feels like work. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's a whole bunch of internalized capitalism in there. Like my, my six figure business cannot feel, you know, like joyful and pleasurable and restful to join those ideas just to, to lead those ideas just don't go together. Right. Yeah. It, I, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. So I, it's, by the time this goes up, it'll be in a part of the official human first resource library. There's a resource library. There's going to be a resource library. This is like two of my favorite words like ever together. <laughs> and me. Uh, <laughs> I created, because we've like, there are a million DIY Pinterest downloads and I'm sick of shitty DIY Pinterest downloads. <laughs> so I made what I, what is the human first business plan? It's nothing revolutionary in the sense that like, it's a pretty basic business plan, but it is structured so that ever like it is putting you the human first, your messaging, your why, what matters most to you. And then we get into the, so what do you do and how do you do it? That's also, you know, I can't wait to get my hands on that. Um, yes. I was this, feeling, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, the internet connection for me is, this will be interesting for your listeners. Sorry, listeners. (laughs) Um, I was filling it out for myself the other day so that I could give an example. And also I want to be transparent so that when you're filling it out, or rather I should say I was filling out the example one because I have my own copy, but that has all my dirty secrets. (laughs) As I was breaking down one of my my one-off service, heavy air quotes, where it's one hour with me, and actually broke down the hours. Initially, I was like, 397 for one hour. That's a lot. And then I was like, well, but it also comes with four to six weeks of Voxer support. Then there's email support. Then there's the questionnaire that I go through before we get on the call. Then there are the notes that I take after the call. And when it came down to it, I, and I actually counted every hour instead of just like, oh, it's just a one hour call. And I counted all that shit out. Do you know how many hours are in that one hour one-off? Oh, several, like five or six. Uh, try like 12 or 15. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And when I put it, and again, maybe I'll have better marketing language around it. It isn't a one hour one-off because no. you're getting almost 15 hours of, of work from me, which is, which I love doing, which isn't the bad part, but in that context, suddenly 397 doesn't seem so out like unreasonable no it really doesn't it really doesn't um well i'm glad that you brought this um human first this second thing for us because this is a, a beautiful segue into our next question which is as a human with a body and a life what are the challenges that you face when you're doing that work that that front-facing work with people I very much need to remember that I need time after the first mm. year that I did this. I did did not give myself any quote come down time after a call. Oh, I need it. I am very, very introverted in the sense that I very much need time alone to refill my energy, to replenish. Uh, my background is in theater. My original background? How? Which background? My original background. Uh, it's what I went to school for. I went to drama school in London. It was my first true love, passion, career thought. 
And I can turn on the extroverted energy like no other. Mm -hmm. I can, I call, I tell most folks that I really want to become good friends with when I first meet them. You're, especially if it's at like a big group gathering, you're probably meeting my theater personality, which is not like, it's a bad thing against my, what I'd call my more normal or grounded personality, but I'm not going, I might get really excited about all the things we're going to do right now. I'm not going to be that excited in real life (laughs) because I probably want to do them all. And we're going to space them out over a month and Instead of like, let's do 40 things in a week. Mm-hmm. No. So a big thing for me has been, especially in the past year, really, really defending my, my FaceTime and my schedule so that I have plenty of time to replenish after a call and to put all of, because it's usually this odd combination of, I get so, so high with energy. I've got, I'm so excited and I can see all the possibilities and I just want to do everything for everyone all at once. Mm -hmm. And then checking myself for one, what is the scope of the project that they paid you for? Because we already covered that 397 (laughs) heavy air quotes is like 15 hours of work on my end. That's a lot. If I let myself go out of scope, that becomes 20 or 30 really quickly. And suddenly what I'm paying myself is around minimum wage. Yeah. Not even because that's what the business is pulling in, not what I'm paying myself. Yeah. 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 Oh boy. It was such a depressing thought in any case. Also side note, we need to raise the minimum wage. Please go vote local. I already mentioned local elections. This is where it starts. Anyhow. (laughs) So there's that combination of checking myself like, okay, what is actually in scope as you put all of the ideas out there? Because I will always give give my clients a PDF or a voice memo or whatever of all of my word vomit thoughts of like, this is everything that happened and all the connections that I see. So you can have all of that, but then check myself for, and what are you going to allow follow-up for? Mm-hmm. Part two, now you need to go take a break, go do some yoga, go do 10 squats and just feel your body reground itself. Uh, do I need to take myself out on an artist state? Do I need to just, have I eaten lunch that day? Do I need to eat lunch? When was the last time I had some water? It, it sounds so basic, but it true, like truly for me is then checking those really basic needs as that we, that exist as for being a human. And have I actually tended to those needs? Have I given myself a glass of water or a lunch or, you know, turned on Carly Rae Jepsen so loud the neighbors can hear and danced it out because that's what my body is like, you know, it'd be really great. A dance party mm-hmm. and cut to the feeling. is just so damn catchy. As the kids would say, it's a bop. <laughs> is that what the kids say? <laughs> I, as I understand it, I'm using it. Am I using it wrong? Someone tell me if I'm using it wrong. I think I'm using it correctly though. <laughs> I mean, I'm into this usage and I will go in with you on this usage. It's a bop. It's a right. Well, you kind of stole my thunder for my next question, which is what are the daily rituals that keep you grounded and inspired and nourished to show up and do the work? But <laughs> that sounds to me like it was, I mean, you know, it was the kind of like in the context of mm-hmm. sort of like following up a call, right? Mm-hmm. And this, but, you know, is there some sort of like water? What well, is that? Pretty the, similar. Yeah. Have you eaten? Mm-hmm. Do you need water? Uh, it. I don't usually have you eaten isn't as isn't as hard for me as you need to take a break to eat because I'm very good like Mm -hmm. when I'm hungry I'm going to go get some food and some 
it is very important for me to evaluate does it feel better to work while I'm eating because I'm really excited about the work and I've got the ideas and it's like it's flowing or is it an impulse that I can't take a break and generally it's oh that's the impulse I can't take a break funnily enough this morning I made my like made myself a big pot of oatmeal and had a honey crisp apple chopped up and some toasted walnuts, a little bit of cinnamon, a little bit of cloves, a little bit of maple syrup. It was amazing. And as I sat down, I was like, I am so ready to start. Like it took me 45 minutes because it was steel cut oats, of course. Mm-hmm. 45 minutes to make breakfast because that's what I really wanted and what felt nourished, like what sounded so nourishing. By the time it came to eat it, I was like, I'm so ready to work. I actually brought it upstairs to my computer and was like, you know what? It, usually I don't do this. This is so far out of my ritual, my norm, but I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the feelings. I have, I've got all the ideas. It's ready to go. And it was one of the more enjoyable breakfasts of the past week or so, partly because I think I really crave a little bit of a change in routine. Like I want a routine and I want control over it mm-hmm. in order to change it. <laughs> And it, and it and it just felt so good. Just a couple of thoughts are coming to me. Like when you're describing the whole, like, have you taken a break? Have you eaten? Have you had some water? It just feels like very much like tending to ourselves like we're toddlers, right? Oh, yes. Like, just like, very much like, have you had a nap? Like, do you need a snack? Do you, do you need some water? Do you need a hug? Do you yeah. need to put on some music? But also I, I love this, the image that came to my mind when you described like having a routine and, and wanting to depart and come back from it. That's very much what like secure attachment looks like for, for children of a certain age is this ability that they feel rooted and centered enough in their connection with you that they can wander off yes. and then be okay and then know that they can come back. And I think that's the beautiful way to illustrate our relationship to our to our rituals and to our practices and that we feel so connected to them that it's okay to wander off a little bit because the connection is so secure that going away really doesn't you know it, we can still we can still come back right and mm-hmm. and and that is that is ultimately how we grow and how we expand right because the kid that is like rooted to you know rooted to you know tethered to their caregiver all the time really doesn't get that that the growth right and the expansion mm-hmm. of going and checking out the world but at the same time if there's nothing safe for you to come back to then you're just floating around in space so mm-hmm. Um, how have your rituals evolved over time? Like, what does that look like? So we touched a little, like, I'm very frank and honest about my mental health. One of the ways I don't, I don't, I don't think I've ever official, no, it's OCD adjacent. We'll call it PTSD that's OCD adjacent was the official term a psychiat- my psychiatrist gave me okay. as we were figuring out med levels and like where I am on my therapy journey. All that to say, if I get to, I get rigid real quick. I get rigid real quick. So the best way that my rituals have evolved is creating options. For instance, right now, what feels really good is when I, I have a candle on my desk. Uh, I'm my my the husbando and I are staying with my folks right now. We're in transition from Ohio and all of that, and so I don't have a big workspace. I just have a tiny little desk in a corner of a bedroom. But on one shelf, I've created an altar of sorts where it is a 
it is my own sacred space. It has things that are touchstones that are very, very important to me and remind me of very good things, as well as a candle that I always light whenever I start work and sit down here. Mm-hmm. Right now, that ritual is very important to me. Uh, every, <clears throat> excuse me, every night before I go to bed, I give myself a pretty intense foot massage because I was injured this summer and that's been part of my healing journey and making sure that I feel good. Beyond those two things that happen on a daily basis, my ritual, I've worked very hard to create ritual around certain activities without making them prescribed. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that based on our, you know, this is very much the, 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 you know, the, the way that yoga therapy would, would look at this, right. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're looking for is you used the word balance earlier. Um, and I think that, you know, balance is a very apt world if word, if we understand correctly and that balance is not static, right. If you've done yes. a balance pose in yoga before, or if you've tried to stand on one foot, you know, you'll notice that, you know, balance is very much shifting to, to one side and the other. And, um, it's not static, but the, the term that we use in yoga therapy is, is sattva, which is, um, has, it's kind of like, it has a sweetness and a lightness to it. Right. But Mm -hmm. it's, it's a, but it's a midpoint between two extremes. Right. And I think that what we're always trying to do is to, okay, which extreme do you tend to, right. And Mm -hmm. so therefore the, the, the counterpart of that is probably was going to be therapeutic for you. Right. So if we're looking at a person who is very much a free spirit and absolutely abhors, you know, really has a hard time with discipline and with structure for Mm -hmm. that individual, having some stuff that's a little bit more rooted, a little bit more focused, a little bit more planned out, that's going to be the thing that's therapeutic, but it's for you, the thing that you tend to on your own, if your own extreme, and if you're not resourced, if you're in a time of stress is to go really, really rigid, then the thing that's therapeutic for you is going to be bringing a little bit of that ease and Mm -hmm. that play and that balance, which is, you know, for you, I would guess is going to be really taking you out of your brain, trying to control everything and taking Mm -hmm. you into your body. Like you said earlier, like what would feel good right now? Oh, you know what? Carly Rae Jepsen, Bob dance party. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you know what? Warm bowl of oatmeal at my Mm -hmm. workstation. That's where it's at. But it's really, again, we're talking about attunement. We're talking about Mm -hmm. attunement to your system. Mm -hmm. And there's a really key part of that when you say like coming into your body is then also questioning all things diet culture when it comes Mm -hmm. to my body, because (laughs) I can get super rigid about working out because it's good for your body, because it feels good to move. Does it? And I've, it's been revolutionary in its own way this fall, especially with the injury that I've been nursing back to health is every time I had the impulse to work out, I would ask myself, do you actually want to work out and think it's going to feel good? Or are you, or is it, are you panicking because you didn't work out enough today and thus like work off your food? Or would a bath feel really, do you know how many Epsom salt baths I took this fall? A lot because most of the time when I was like, I should work out, the answer was you feel like you should work out. In reality, you need to relax. 
Oh, that's so key. That's so key. Can we get into your bathtub routine a little bit? Because I'm such a yeah. bath taker. And I, yes. I'm, yes, yes. So what, tell us, tell us about the baths. One Epsom salts on the jam. And I really, <laughs> I love this. I love the smell of Dr. Teal's uh, eucalyptus bath salts, but they're pretty expensive. So I got, so I have a thing of the bubble, the Epsom salt bubble bath, because that'll give me that scent, but it doesn't go as quickly. And then I just got the cheap no-name brand Epsom salts. So I've still got the smell and the luxury of all of that. And then the Epsom salt, so I'm not pinging out the nose <laughs> for a brand name. Life hack, people. <laughs> Life hack alert. Uh, I always, always have a huge glass of something cold uh, because I love a my husband says that I take showers of lava. I like, I like it's, it's, I want the water as hot as I can possibly stand it. Like this needs to be a hot tub type heat. There should be steam, right? I, I currently live in Minnesota. There should be steam rising off the tub. <laughs> uh, so water as hot as I can get it. A glass of something like a huge glass of something cold, not ice cold. I don't like ice but just something to kind of counteract when I overheat because I will overheat and I'm going to sweat so much. It just, one time I tried to do a face mask. <laughs> it was a terrible <laughs> idea. It was a terrible idea. It was green. It was running in my eyes. It was awful. <laughs> Lesson learned. <laughs> it did not work. I sweat too much for that to work, which makes sense. But also it was a good idea at the time until it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> So I have my glass of something cold and then I either always bring in a podcast or a book and I kind of let it for a while. Again, I can get super rigid. I was like, I can only read in the tub. I should not have my phone anywhere near me. And then one day I was like, but you really want to listen to a podcast. Right. <laughs> You're totally into it. Like, why would you, yes, we need time away from our phones, but right now also this isn't, it's not like you're gonna go on Facebook for 45 minutes as you lay in the tub you're listening to a podcast just and that's something that brings you a lot of joy and like a lot of pleasure just enjoy the goddamn podcast it's fine if you take your (laughs) bathroom it does not mean you're a bad human which is of course where my rigidity goes immediately which is why we call it adjacent because it immediately goes into all the things that my depression tells me about what a bad person I am and how I'm affecting the world and I'm not doing the best that I can, you know, all that good stuff. <laughs> I love, you know, to me, like, you know, one of my core values for myself and for my business, they're almost the same, but they're slightly different is pleasure. Mm-hmm. And, and because I think that, you know, pleasure in our bodies in a, you know, white supremacist capitalist patriarchy, um, you know, pleasure is so underrated, so undervalued. Mm. And I think that that's what we're vilified. Yes. And I think that that's, we're here for. And the more, and I think that orienting towards pleasure is really a powerful way to, to orient away from the narratives of those systems of oppression. So I think that we very feeling very aligned and very connected to what feels good in my body and and so and 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 linking to that right like orienting towards that to me is a you know huge 
anti-oppressive stance. It's very revolutionary. Um, the Nat Ministry on Instagram, which I'm I sure you follow. That. Yeah, I mean, they're like fucking amazing, but that's the message, right? It's like rest is revolutionary. Rest is resistance. And for me, that is that is very much my orientation to pleasure too. So I love hearing, I love hearing that just like, but I have this idea in my head that like being the phone is bad. And then, but it's going to feel good. It's what you want. Why don't you just allow yourself to have what you want? And, you know, ultimately that is the work that we're doing. I think on a daily basis with almost everything personal and business and the ways that those are interrelated is I have the messages that I've absorbed from culture mm-hmm. about who I need to be, who I should be, what I should be doing. And then I have the messages that come from my soul, which is aligned with spirit and which is the part of me that's part of nature. And, and they're almost always offering, they're each offering something, right? And then mm-hmm. we get to choose moment to moment, you know, what, what am I going to connect to? You know, am I going to, orient towards my body and towards pleasure or am I going to feed into those narratives and to be real we will feed into those narratives like a lot because it requires so much bandwidth to make the shift away from that and towards ourselves and there's Mm -hmm. you know there's not there's nothing inherently wrong with it nobody is here to get it right all the time that's feeding into that story and that narrative even more but um yeah, I just, I just love, I just hear so much of that, of that self-trust. And I hear this really, I want to say probably a little bit hard one, right? Like relationship of trust with yourself and of just really allowing yourself to, um, yeah, to align with your pleasure. And that's so Thank inspiring. you for acknowledging that. It is real fucking hard one and something I'm obviously still working on, but the first I'm pretty sure I texted you the first time I was like, I'm taking a bath instead of working out. And I'm pretty (laughs) sure I texted you and was like, Fanny, I'm taking a bath (laughs) and not working out because it's what my body wanted. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. 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 Terrific. Um, You've shared some of these already, but do you have any other favorite resources that support your practice and your rituals? This could be like products, practices, you know, like podcasts, research, like what are, what are some of the resources that you can share besides the Dr. Teal's Philippus, which I want to look up like immediately and order some of. Oh, there, it just, it smells so calming. Like sometimes eucalyptus can get kind of sharp to mm-hmm. my nose Agreed. and it's very, very subtle and smooth and it's so calming. And then you add in those bath salts and you just oh, nestle in. Oh, it's so good. Um, <laughs> anyhow, <laughs> I do love me a good bath. Uh, it's, I, this is not a terrible resource to everyone who out there who's like, I shouldn't spend money on sweatpants because the KonMari method taught me that I shouldn't have sweatpants. If you really like a pair of sweatpants, buy a pair that you really love. It's small and stupid, but it's not. I recently bought a pair of sweatpants from Target that are my favorite goddamn thing in my closet right now because they are the softest thing I currently own. And they bring me so much joy. They're so comfortable. So it's less an ad for like, you should go buy sweatpants at Target. But if you have a pair, if you have a pair of comfy pants or comfy clothes that really, really brings you joy, don't conmire that out of your wardrobe. <laughs> okay. okay. It is important. 
This is very important. Sweatpants sermon over here. Uh And wireless bras. That's my, that's my sermon right now. Oh, just fuck wires. Like seriously, why would we want that near our boobs? And I mean, I'd also say like free boob it if you want. Mm -hmm. I'm someone who can't handle the feeling of skin on skin. Uh, I want to free boob it so badly, but I can't handle that feeling. And then I'm always tucking my shirt up underneath my boobs so that there isn't skin on skin and then my shirt's riding up. And then I just get even more annoyed than if I was wearing a bra. It's a, I have a very odd relationship with, with my chest. Honey, yeah, I'm fine thing. with it. I just wish society made, not society, I wish the fashion industry made the kind of bra I want. <laughs> Maybe that's your next business venture. Oh my gosh. Maybe the first time I bought bras, my husband was when we were together, I should say the first time I bought bras when we were together and I came home and was like, oh, I hate that I just spent this money, but I'm really excited because I feel great in them and they make my boobs look amazing and I feel so good. And also I hate that I spent this money because it's so fucking expensive. He lost his mind he was, and like could not imagine why they were so expensive. And we recently I've had... had- <laughs> you know that conversation uh-huh. yes we recently had a conversation about budgeting where it didn't end with but part of the discussion ended with me saying I don't know if you understand that it's just so much more expensive to exist as a woman mm-hmm. no matter like how cheaply I am buying things which was frustrating but that necessary is, that is a whole other podcast that we oh can my have. gosh mm-hmm so and resources, the, uh, yeah, yeah. So sweatpants, pants. yeah, comfy, comfy pants. pants. If you're, if you uh, have a female body, is that the correct way to term that? If you have boobs, let's just put it that way. If you have boobs and you feel that you're that you need to have a bra with wires, no, free boob it or find something without wires. Put on your comfy pants and listen to a goddamn podcast. Preferably oh, like after this coming one. out of the bath <laughs> or like yes. this one. <laughs> You're already doing it. Look at that segue. <laughs> Speaking of segues, <laughs> where can people find you to find more about you and your work? I, on all things social, I am at with Megan Dowd, W-I-T-H-M-E-G-A-N-D-O-W-D. And when this podcast, oh yeah, no one can see us, but yes. <laughs> going to have to exit this part of the video where we're just doing jazz dance. Oh my gosh, it's true. Uh, when this podcast comes out, there is a hashtag campaign going down on Instagram centered around the entire concept of human first is second. I have a buttload. That's right. That scientific term. I have a buttload of really, really cool big name influencers that are going to be a part of it, as well as the, I mean, I think they're the coolest cheer squad cheerleaders imaginable. Fanny's one of them. Including yours truly. Uh, that are going to be kind of leading this social media. I mean, we've seen how effective social media campaigns can be uh, throughout the years and really rally folks around a single concept. And no matter if this brings me fame or fortune, I want this to be widespread because it's a concept that I feel so deeply about. So if you are interested in being a part of it, certainly you can search the hashtag human first biz second. There is going to be an Instagram page that will be able to direct you to places as well as a URL. Again, human first biz second, B-I-Z, in case you were curious. Um, and certainly if anyone has any questions about human first biz second, I welcome emails. I love word vomit. 
Um, so I can, can attest. Always... She does. She actually I walks do. them. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I will. Like, if I think you're holding back, I will ask you, like, can you just like, tell me more about that? Get messy. Give me all your thoughts. And um, this will come out um, sort of like early in January. Will your mm-hmm. books be open for one-on-one work at that time? Yes, they will. Yes. Yay. Yes, yes, yes. Including that that offer that needs a better name than power hour. Cause it's not a single hour as we've hope, discussed, <laughs> as we've discussed. So hopefully by that time, that'll it's up on the website right now, but hopefully that language will have been massaged and finessed a little bit so that it more accurately depicts like it's one hour of FaceTime, but like a lot more of work. Yeah. And, I've done and of me pushing you. <laughs> I've done that shift recently too, of like trying to like, you know, like trying to, if you try to calculate just the face hour, like the face-to-face time, like it looks crazy, but then being like actually more pricing around the experience and specifically the transformation yes. that people get. Yes. Yeah. It's a weird and tricky thing for us business owners. Indeed. Indeed. Well, Megan, this has been an absolute delight and a complete joy. And I think that your, um, theater personality and gesticulations can be heard and just the just the the, yeah just the joy and the spark of your voice and so this has been such a thrill thank you so much for having me this has been so much fun thank you so much for being here and I love you everybody go check out um, Megan's uh, what's your website with Megan Dowd with megandowd.com and check out the hashtag human first biz second what are the dates that the the big showdown that all the stuff's happening it's going down january 14th through the 16th and since this will be long this will be released right before that goes down uh if you want to be a part of it uh there you can go to humanfirstbizsecond.com and sign up so that you're getting all the emails if you want to be in the know. I have created Instagram story cards. I've created cards for your feed. There are like 12 templates for each that you can just use if you want. You can make your own and just use the hashtag. Mostly in order to spread this message, I just want to make it really easy for folks. If it's easier for you to do your own thing, do it. If you need a place to start, I've got all the ideas for what to post about as well as the cards ready for you. And I have to say that Megan is a top notch with her visuals and all your stuff is always so on point and gorgeous. So yes, absolutely. You're such an inspiration to me. All right. Thank Thank you you so much for this time, my dear. Thanks, Fanny. Bye-bye. Bye. For more information about the podcast, please visit my website, yinyogamagic.com slash podcast. This podcast is produced and edited by Les Weiler.